0: Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, everybody? We've got a special guest today. Look, this is the first time that we've actually had a guest on our show. And boy, oh boy, are we excited. Bryce, how excited are you to have a guest on our show, man?
1: I'm excited. I don't know how excited she is. because uh, <laughs> She's probably thinking... <laughs> <laughs> She's probably thinking, "How did these guys even get me on here?" But um, <laughs> we are blessed today to have Marsha Douglas joining us. And instead of us talking about Marcia, Marsha, tell our audience, "Who are you?"
0: <laughs> um, who you is, Marsha? Who you is?
2: <laughs> who I am is? Oh boy! Um, as you said, I'm Marsha Douglas. Um, You know, I'm a fan of Brothers on Tennis. I'm a fan of tennis. Um, I love the game, and I'm looking forward to just talking to you guys about tennis tonight.
0: That that is awesome. It makes us happy. That makes us very happy. We're happy to have you, Marsha. And uh, yeah, yeah, we are just... We are just as much of, of, of a fan of the game as you are. We've attended a couple of events together. We've been to the U.S. Open together, and it's going to be extremely interesting, not only for us, but I think for our listening audience to understand a little bit more about you, your background in tennis, and just some of the nuances that you have. So, so Marcia, we're going to go ahead and jump right on in and I guess our first question for you is just really about your personal history with the game of tennis. So how, how did you get introduced to tennis? Was it was, it at a young age, was it in your twenties? <laughs> give us your backstory? Let's, let's, let's hear from you.
2: Oh boy. You're trying to give away my age now. Um, <laughs> so, um, it was actually at a pretty young age. I probably, I was six or seven. I don't know the exact age, but um Um, I actually grew up in Jamaica, not Jamaica, Queens, Jamaica, the island. And um, I used to go to the tennis courts with my dad as a kid. And um, and then he started teaching me tennis. He used to go out there to play with his um, with his friends. Um, And then he would give me lessons after he was finished playing. Um, I remember growing up, I had a, a little Kitty-sized orange and black Andre Agassi signed racket um, <laughs> that I used to carry everywhere with me. Um, so that was how I started out, and then I kind of maintained it, you know, throughout school, throughout high school. I played, um, I played for my high school in Jamaica. We played, I played regionals. Uh, we came national the second at nationals when I played on the team, and um, and then. When I, you know, came to the United States, went to college here, I played, I actually won, um, not boasting or anything, but I won the intramural tournament at school. And um, I just, you know, continued playing. And, you know, now I I still play recreationally. And I, um, you know, I I love to watch the game and and go to matches, and things like that.
1: (laughs) Well, Marcia, I mean, I believe your background is probably... Similar to a lot of our listeners and but what I think I think you have two maybe distinct differences though and mm-hmm. and I'd like for you to probably talk about both of them but the first one would be I heard you talk about your dad um, right. coaching you from when you were young and and obviously <laughs> as we've watched um, professional tennis we've seen a lot of those cases you know with Chris everett and Coco Goff and Serena and Venus right. Williams what was your experience in terms of having a parent as a coach
2: oh boy <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good and bad <laughs> um, it was great you know to have a parent as a coach where you know I could go play tennis at any point in time I wanted to and um, and, you know, or he could wake me up in the middle of the night and say, hey, we're going to the court to go play. Um, but um, which did happen. Um, nighttime tennis is great. Um, but um, it, it it's really good because, you know, you have someone that's really invested in you as a player. I mean. I, I didn't go on to play pro- professional tennis, but I did play competitively for my school, things like that. And, you know, you have someone who, you know, really does have a personal interest in you, pushing you to do better and, and you know, who knows your strokes intimately, knows your personality intimately. So there's that bond, not only as a coach, but as a parent um, on the flip side, <laughs> um, you know, okay when I didn't want to play <laughs> you know there was a oh you're gonna play <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> so you know that factored in but um, I-, I can see where you know uh, you know as you said a lot of the professional players or some of the you know the greats have been coached by parents and and I think that is a benefit to it this you know 24/7 access to your coach um and you know I think the coach is, probably have are more invested in the player at that point. You know what I mean? It's not just a paycheck. Um, you know, that's, that's your child. And, and if you want them to excel, there, there's that, that factor where they're just pushing you and pushing you. And, and I think it's really good. And, um, you know, one thing I will say, you know, having my dad as my coach is that he, he showed me, um, different things that tennis could be for me because a lot of times I wanted to quit or I didn't want to do it and he said well you know um you could use this to get a scholarship or you know true you know when you become a professional it's good for networking things like that and I've seen where in my life that has benefited me and I think that you know you might not get that from just um someone that you pick up and pay off the street to to coach you yeah, um, yeah
0: that makes a, a lot of sense place. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I do have a a very particular question to ask you, Marsha, because your father coached you and because Mm -hmm. of the fact that he also played tennis, was there ever a point where you all played (laughs) and you actually beat your dad? (laughs) Because I've seen your game, so I would be surprised if you didn't, but I am very interested to know, did you ever play your father and did you actually beat
2: Uh, he might've stopped playing me when he realized it was going (laughs) to (laughs) happen.
0: I'm right. He was like, Oh no, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but,
2: but yeah, I, and I mean, we're a very, you know, competitive family. So, uh, I will say that he's not, you know, when we used to play a lot, um, he was not holding back. So I had to be able to return, um, you know, return those serves, um, you know, and, and you know, that goes kind of goes back to Agassi. He's one of my favorite players when I was younger. And I remember my dad always used to be like, step into that serve and return that serve like Agassi, you know, so these are things that have stuck with me um, throughout uh, my tennis playing career, I guess.
1: <laughs> That's funny. So the second part of my question was something that our listeners may not be able to relate to. That is part of your experiences. You stated mm-hmm. that you grew up in Jamaica, and okay. so I'm very interested to understand how is tennis perceived in Jamaica versus potentially in, you know, how you've seen it in the United States. Um, you know, how is it for even maybe women playing? and mm-hmm. Jamaica versus maybe some of the opportunities that women are given uh, in the United States to play. So just very interested in what that experience is like.
2: Well, I, there, there are a few differences and there are also similarities I would say. I mean, um, tennis, I think is in Jamaica also perceived kind of as an elite sport. Um, you know, not everyone plays tennis, it's easy. I guess the parallel in, parallel in the United States would be that it's easier for someone to get a basketball and go and shoot hoops, as opposed to be able to have access to a tennis racket. Um, but in Jamaica, a lot of people would have access to playing uh, soccer, um, and that would be the main sport. And you know, it, you know, it's perceived that the the more well-to-do people would be the ones to play tennis. Um, but as I was growing up, um, I saw where, um, there are certain courts that I used to play at, which were, you know, closer to areas where um, there weren't people that were as well to well off. And I saw where there were programs that were encouraging kids, you know, from all walks of life to come to the game. And I could see where, um, they were excelling at the game, you know, once given the opportunity, um, then they were, excelling at the game. Um, in terms of tennis as a national sport in Jamaica, I think, you know, we've had a couple tennis players like Douglas Burke, um, Peter Campbell, who are people who have, um, you know, become ranked players, um, and played professionally. But in terms of having a lot of people who have gotten to that level, um, that hasn't necessarily happened. Um, and I think that I think tennis is a, still growing as a sport on the island. So we still have much further to go. And I, I do believe that there are more programs now, um, more opportunities being presented to people now to participate in the sport. Um, you talked about women in the sport. Um, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really, don't think that there was much of a difference in terms of the access for women versus men um, or girls versus boys playing the sport. I think in terms it was more of a class um, structure as opposed to a gender structure. And I think that class structure is 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 being diminished now as we we go, you know, go along.
0: That makes sense. That's excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, and so Marcia, mm-hmm. question for you, just in regards to when you actually, you know, came to the states, and you said you actually started playing, you know, uh, on on the collegiate side, and 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 I, I guess my question for you is, as a as a woman of color, did you experience right. any type of, uh, I guess, um, I don't know, were there any any I guess barriers or constraints that you had to deal with? as you came to the States and as you were playing tennis in what typically is considered to be kind of, again, that elite, more uh, you know, white bread uh, sport, if you will, early on. And I'm just interested to know if there was anything that you ended up encountering as you transitioned to the States and as you actually started playing competitively um, um, uh, throughout your, your, your career.
2: Well, uh, I will say that I I didn't play for my college. I just, I I participated in the intramurals. But what I, uh, (laughs) but in terms of the transition from Jamaica to the U.S., I do know that I had a sense of, uh, (sighs) a lot of times I got that question mark, like, oh, oh, you could play tennis. And then when (laughs) I, I, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, just, just like you can, I I can do that. Um, But, um, you know, I think by the time I moved to the States, you know, we were already in the era of being a sensorina. um, And, you know, so people had already, you know, you know, gotten used to seeing women of color excelling in the sport so what i did get a lot of was people calling me serena if i walk outside with a tennis racket now somebody it is inevitable that somebody will say hey serena what's going on and i mean it happens without fail um and i mean and you know to some extent that's a good thing because there's someone that women of color can identify with and it's not just her now you know there are many Women of color that are coming up now and excelling in the sport, and I think it's great. And um, so, in terms of barriers, I think you know they had started doing a lot of bre- breaking down those barriers already. But you know, you still get that side eye from time to time, like, "Oh, you're here. All right, let's see what you
1: can do." I love that side right eye. Right? And then you, and then you put that backhand on them, and <laughs> we're like, "There you go." Right. <laughs> Now, speaking of backhands, because Mm -hmm. I see who you follow on Instagram. Oh, boy. Mr. Mr. Stan Varvinka. Um, Oh, boy. Oh, yes. (laughs) Tell us, who are some of your favorites? And and you know how Isaac and I like to do, like based upon our website, we have Mm -hmm. our favorite old school players, the kind of players Mm -hmm. we followed as we were coming up. And then who are your favorite new school players, the ones that are out there doing battle right now?
2: Well you see I follow Mr. Stan Stan the man. Yes. <laughs> not only for <laughs> Not only for the back end but he's kind of you know pleasing to look at from time to time you know. Oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where we going? <laughs> but yes yes I do admire the backhand um in terms of old school players I think I've said Agassi's name like a ton of times since we've been (laughs) talking so definitely I definitely was a fan um I I think I got emotional when he retired at USO at the US Open um but I loved watching him as a kid you know the hair and the airing and the colorful clothing and you know he was just fun Mm -hmm. to watch um I think I was into Martina Hingis a little bit um, when I was younger. And then like Venus and Serena came on the scene and it was a wrap after that. (laughs) I was like, all right. Right. (laughs) right I mean, you know, for a little black girl, you know, Venus and Serena being on the scene, I know we were wearing our hair in the braids with the beads um, and everything when they came out and started playing. So, you know, they were a big influence. Um, presently, still a big Serena fan. Um, I absolutely love Roger Federer. Um, and I know, you <laughs> yes, I know there, you know, um, people, you know, who are staunch Federer fans, you know, oftentimes don't like Rafa, but I also actually like Rafa. So if Federer is not playing, then I'll chair for Rafa. I know he's coming dangerously close you know, to the, his, his grand slams, the titles, the figure, but right. I still, you know, I'm kind of like, it's too close for comfort, but, you know, I still <laughs> love Rafa. I think, he, you know, <laughs> I like his personality off the court too. He seems like a great guy. And, you know, um, and I also like, you know, the younger players coming up too. Um, let's see. But I, I think those are my main mm-hmm. um, players that I, I, I really follow and, and admire.
1: Well, you fit in very well with Isaac and I because those are <laughs> yes, pretty you. much the people <laughs> that we follow <laughs> as well. <laughs> as right? I'm sure you know.
2: I knew I liked you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like we should ask you one of the polling questions. Do you think that Roger Federer is going mm-hmm. to be able to catch Jimmy Connors as it relates to his tournament titles. Now, you know, Roger's got 103 at this point. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's got 109. That, that makes him six, maybe seven out. Do you think he can catch him?
2: Most definitely. There you go. <laughs> i I mean you know it's roger (laughs) right but um no i do think i think he's got i think he's got some tournaments left in him you know i think each year he comes back out and i kind of afraid that oh my god is this going to be the year that he retires but i think he's still fighting and he's still very competitive and he's you know he's up there and i think i think he's gonna make it i think he will (laughs)
1: I like so, it. Marcia, I, I, I want to get you to talk a little more about your playing style. You know, how would you classify your game?
2: How would I classify my game? Hmm. Aggressive.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, can, I can witness to that. <laughs>
2: you
0: know, As can I. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, in all honesty... I don't even know how I would describe my game. I think, um, you know, I I love my two-handed backhand. Um, You know, most people, when they watch me play, they're like, oh, I love your backhand. But I think nothing is quite as great as hitting, like, a sweet down-the-line forearm. It's great. (laughs) It's a great (laughs) feeling. Um, But, um, you know, I think my game is... uh, ground strokes are my my strength i believe um i don't like the net (laughs) um but uh you know i love hitting heavy ground strokes um and you know i i think you know just just trying to get back what comes over the net at me and just having fun while doing it that's how i would describe it (laughs) i would
1: describe it the same way too aggressive great ground strokes a, a really good feel uh for the ball and i can i'm still mad at you hitting <laughs> two forehands just past me like like <laughs> i didn't even flinch i didn't even flinch for the ball
0: oh, uh, boy. <laughs> yes audience and i was there to witness it mm, uh, for uh, <laughs>
2: well, that was fun <laughs> i didn't mean it i didn't mean it <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that, that yeah.
1: clenched fist at the end says different. But... <laughs> oh, you know, you know,
2: you have to have the theatrics with it because then, you know,
0: <laughs> that's right. you have
2: to entertain. <laughs>
0: right. And speaking of entertainment, now, Marsha, I know you're, you're in New York and I know right. that you've got some U.S. Open. You've been to the U.S. Open. Talk to us about how long have you been going to the U.S. Open, your experience at the U.S. Open, just give us a little detail around that, since that's sort of your, uh, you know, that's uh, close to you there.
2: Right, yes, yeah. so living in New York, um, I do have access um, to the tennis center and I'm able to go to the US Open. And honestly, I've been in New York for quite a few years and I regret regret not taking advantage of it sooner. You know, it's, it's so easy just to hop over there even if it's not, you know, to go to the ticketed games and the main draw when it starts, but to just um, go on the days when people are warming up or when they're playing qualifiers, um, which I feel like I've done that a couple years. So I've probably gone up to the tennis center, probably uh, at least once each time over the past six years. And um, even, and, um, I've gone and watched qualifiers. I've just walked around the grounds and it's, it's a great feeling just being there with so many tennis fans, um, watching different matches. Um, I, you know, one of my favorite matches that I watched at the U S open was, um, Roger Fer- Federer versus Tiafo. And that was a great, I believe it was a first round match. It was. It was yeah. It was, and it was just amazing. There was Tiafa fought so hard in that match, and it was so competitive. I think people expected Federer to just get on the court and, and just be done with him, just you know, wipe the court with him and, and walk away. But that was not the case. And it was, I know we were there pretty late that night, just you know, yeah, what watching that match go on, and, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, being at the Open is great. Um, You know, um, I've gotten to see, you know, different uh, players, um, Martina Hingis and and Rafa and Djokovic and Sharapova. I've seen some of them play matches. I've seen some of them training. Um, And it's it's just a good feeling, you know, being there. Absolutely. So, so
1: Marcia, I'm going to add on to that question. What okay. tennis tournament or what tennis event uh, do you most want to attend that you have not
2: yet? Okay, that's a good question. That's a good question. Thank you, thank
1: you. Uh, you are most welcome, <laughs> sir. You are most welcome.
2: <laughs> uh, what tennis tournament? I think Wimbledon, uh, and I think just because it's Wimbledon, you know, um, you know the. You know, I didn't think about this before. I've never thought about this before, so now I'm thinking about it. And <laughs> I, I think just the grandeur that is Wilmoted, you know, and right. the all-white and, you know, the, 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 just, you know, it's, it kind of has a royal feel to it, you know, it being right. in England, it being where tennis was born. Um, so I think that would be awesome to experience.
1: And you know what, Marsha? <laughs> it's funny because most of my adult life, maybe mm-hmm. even as a kid, I would have had the same answer until recently. Okay. And and now, to me, the event I most want to attend is the Labor Mm -hmm. Cup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? And why is that? (laughs) I
1: I just think, to me personally, and I've mentioned this on our podcast before, Mm
0: -hmm. it
1: is just simply the most exciting tournament of the year. The format of it, the, mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. level of players that they have that participate in it, the, uh, the camaraderie you see between players that you never, you typically don't see that type of right. camaraderie between them. Right. Um, I just think it's a, a special, special event.
2: That does, that that is true. That does make sense. I mean, I, I know I, I saw, you know, recently, you know, <laughs> during the Labor Cup when, uh, like I believe Rafa was coaching Roger at some point. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. that's just like a moment that you wouldn't get anywhere else, and that's just right. Perfect. Um, it's, it's so that is true. That is true. I don't think I'm going to change my answer, but, right. like, but that's that's a good second. Yes, that, that's
0: a good second. <laughs> yeah, and well, hopefully Marcia. they will pick up on our idea in order to do an Althea Gibson Cup for the women, because to me, I also feel right. like mm-hmm. definitely. To be happening on the women's side as well, because again, right, that right. match is really great. So, right, that on, would be awesome. That would be right. awesome. That would be, if they be did
2: amazing. That. that might go to number one <laughs> <laughs> if it happens. See,
0: <laughs> see, exactly.
2: <laughs> so, so, so Marsha,
0: oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Okay, um, Marsha, I I need to dig into this question just a little bit further. So, you mentioned that one of your favorites was Martina <laughs> Hingis, and I'm going to be honest with you. That was surprising mm-hmm. to me, only because okay. I have seen you play. I've seen your aggressive style. I've seen your ground strokes. And it seems mm-hmm. like Martina Hingis's game is all of the opposite of that. <laughs> 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 you know, she is really soft, and she's all about kind of massaging mm-hmm. the ball mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So I am curious as to how she became your favorite, and what were the things that you – I guess, try to take from her or emulate from her or if, if anything, I'm curious.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, you see, that was when I was young and before I appreciated the aggression, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But, uh, but, uh, no, I think I did, you know, I, I did appreciate just the finesse and, you know, being able to play and, you know, the placement, things like that. And, um, and I think one of the reasons why I liked her too is because, you know, she started winning things pretty young. So when I was younger, that was someone to look at and say, Oh, look at this person who's not too much older than I am, you know, winning um, these tournaments. Um, And so I think that was mainly um, the reason why she was someone that I used to look up to and, and, and appreciate as a player. Um, But in terms of style of play, I think as I, matured um, in my tennis game, I I began to appreciate more of an aggressive, you know, hard hitting uh, game of tennis.
1: And Marcia, I I totally get where you're coming from. I was a big Martina Hingis fan, uh, although it was nothing about her game that I tried to emulate in my own game. But Mm -hmm. you just had to appreciate the mastery that she mm-hmm. had the the touch, the I mean, she, like you said, she was 16 years old, 17, I mean, and just absolutely out thinking and outmaneuvering right. everybody she played. And to be very honest with you, it really wasn't until, and I guess we can say when Serena and Venus came on board and they just literally overpowered her. I still exactly. don't think I still don't think Venus and Serena came out and they out thought Martina um, no. Hingis, mm-hmm. but they just had a power that she physically could not have. match. Right? right. But when you talk about just the brain and the thoughts and the angles and the touch and it, there was nobody like her that could right. do that. And she was doing it at such a young age. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's precisely, um, you know, why I appreciated her as a player. It was, you know, she was doing that. She had the, the, the mental toughness for the game and she had it at such a young age which you know made her a champion
0: yeah yeah that's right that's right she dominated for that for that that spell that's for sure when she was 16 i think she won right. what three grand slams in that one year <laughs> yeah. yeah sir she was like look I, I, this is this my year <laughs> exactly <laughs> So,
1: Marsha, you know, we're going to wrap this up and we we so appreciate you coming uh, on and being our first guest on on Brothers on Tennyson (laughs) and to show... In the show we're more than about the brothers. We're about the sisters
2: as well. Oh, um,
1: good, I like this.
2: <laughs> I want to I be wanna... the first sister in the show. <laughs>
1: right. right, and hopefully it's not the last because I know we're going to need a guest co-host sometime in the future. Oh, boy. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you on the hook right here on the on the. Oh show. my goodness! Oh my goodness! But um, I want to I want to give you an opportunity. If there's any last. Uh, thoughts that you want to share about, you know, your history with the game, your thoughts on the current game, uh, anything you'd like to share with our listeners, uh, you know, have at it.
2: Oh boy. Last thoughts. Well, well, first off, I do want to say thank you for having me on this, you know, on the show. It's, it's great. um, Just talking to you about my experience playing tennis and um, just my love for the game and my, the players that I love. Um, in terms of just me and tennis, I, I I will say that, you know, it's been a big part of my life. Um, it's something that I've had since I was young and it's stuck with me throughout my life. And I think it's provided me with, um, as I've said, a networking tool, which is not something that I would have ever thought about before. You know, I'm here speaking to you, lovely gentlemen, you know, um, and, you know, and it, it's such a wonderful thing to share with so many people. And, um, you know, I, I hope to continue to share it with you guys and, and listen to Brothers in Tennis.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Marcia. And, and once again, Isaac, any final words from you?
0: Yeah, she, she called us lovely gentlemen. I, is, I, I, I know. know <laughs> All right.
1: I think she, Did she I just blow my credibility?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is no. too funny. No, so. uh, Marcia,
0: it's awesome. We just thank you. And, and it has been, in my opinion, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, episode having you on. And, and we just thank you for making time to do this with us. So thank you from me.
2: Yes.
1: Thank you so much So listeners uh, Look forward to hearing Marsha again As she replaces either <laughs> Isaac or myself <laughs> Whoop. Whoop. <laughs> on, a, on a future episode uh, But w- we will continue to give you More special episodes Where you'll get to see different levels And different perspectives Of the game of tennis And with that We're going to sign off This is your boy, Bryce.
0: This is your boy,
1: Isaac. And for our dear friend, (laughs) Marsha, we are brothers (laughs) on tennis. Have a wonderful week, everyone.